0: Are you afraid of the dark? That shirt you tossed into the chair in the corner, it looks kind of menacing with the lights out, doesn't it? It looks almost like a person or something, some figure sitting there in the chair staring at you while you try to sleep. Maybe it is a demon pretending to be a shirt or a person or a ghost. After all, demons do tend to hide out in the dark, don't they? Welcome to Fangs and Folklore. I'm your host, Matthew Miller, expert in all things paranormal and horror. I'm a horror writer from the dark haunted swamps of Louisiana. Welcome. Please check out my books on Amazon, beginning with book number one, Blood Feud, A Punk Rock Vampire Story. It's book one of the Gravedigger series. The Gravediggers are a failing punk rock band who keep crossing paths with things like vampires werewolves, werewolf zombies. It's horror comedy. It's super entertaining, and I know you'll love it. It's a six-part series. Each, uh, All six books are available paperback, Kindle, and audiobook format, and there's more books coming in other series that's going to begin very, very soon, so check them out. Last week we began looking at the hierarchies of hell, the rankings of demons according to some ancient and medieval sources, so we're going to continue that today, and uh, one thing I wanted to re-emphasize from last time is how bizarre and illogical the medieval mind seemed or seems to us today. They uh, they looked at things differently. You know, it's not that long ago, really, you know, 500 to 1500 AD, uh, C.E., roughly, 500 to 1500, considered roughly the Middle Ages, but um, not that long ago, really, but just a totally different mindset, you know? So today, well, first of all, my hair is haunted today. I'm not sure what's going on with the hair. I think a ghost tusses it up while I'm not looking. Um, we're going to talk today about Alonso de Espina. He was a... Franciscan preacher of the Franciscan order, St. Francis, right? You've heard of Franciscan monks? Well, he was a preacher. He lived from 1410 to somewhere around 1470-ish or something like that. We don't know when he died, but 1410. Puts us solidly in the late Middle Ages. In 1467, he wrote his classification of demons, the ranking, the hierarchies of demons. and. This is interesting because his, if you thought that last week's rankings were illogical, this one's just weird. It's like, it's almost like there's no rhyme or reason. Why would you put this and this into a category? Well, what do these categories have in common? This is this bizarre, you'll see. Uh, and we'll talk about why that may be afterwards. So here is Alonso de Espina's uh, c- categorization, categor- categorization, excuse me, of demons. Number one, demons of fate. Now, the fate, you know, the ancient concept of fate was that each of our lives had a plan and born a certain time, die a certain time, and according to the culture you lived in, different various degrees of believing that you had no control over it. Some believed in free will, some didn't, and some were in between, just like people today, right? <clears throat> it's unclear how demons of fate worked because free will itself has kind of a weird, a rough history in the medieval uh, church. Theologians debated the nature of free will a lot, because I don't know if you've ever read the scriptures, the Bible, but it seems to say a lot about free will on both sides of the issue. It's very confusing. Many of them took the middle position that, that we all act out of free will, yes, but that we cannot act other than we do, since God already knows the future. If that seems contradictory, it is. Uh, you know, How can you have free will, yet only have one possible course of life? They would say, well, God lives outside of time. And so he knows the future already, so he doesn't control it, but he knows it, eh, you know, that's kind of hard to understand. But welcome to the, to the Middle Ages. Logical problems did not seem to be a big issue in their minds. They had a different view of logic. So demons of fate somehow, according to Espinat, tempt people to control their future fate. They tempt people to do certain things that will have them end up at a certain fate. If you ever read some of the famous Greek tragedies, especially Oedipus Rex, you know that the Greeks loved stories like this where a person tr- 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 went out of their way to avoid their fate and then ended up, by doing that, sealing their fate in the end. <clears throat> so, demons of fate. Next, incubi and succubi. The singular terms, incubus, succubus, Latin plural, incubi, succubi, which in English, incubi, succubi. These were the special obsessions of the writers of the Malus Maleficarum, the Hammer of the Witches. This was a witch-hunting guide of the Medieval Inquisition. This is what uh, I did my master's thesis on specifically, was this work. And th- the writers of the Malus Maleficarum were really obsessed with witches, but they were obsessed with certain things, like flying to the Sabbath. They were really focused on whether the witches flew or not, like that was their weird obsession. Not. Uh, not as much what they did with the devil, but did you fly there? Like, and then also they were obsessed with, uh, with the incubus and the succubus. Okay, incubus and succubus are sexual demons, basically. The incubus is male, the succubus is female. So the male incubates, the female sucks. I mean, you can get the idea there. Some people believe that they are both the same, there's no gender, that demons don't have a gender, but they disappear in one form or the other depending on the victim. Uh, these are sex demons that attack you in your sleep have you ever experienced sleep paralysis i still want to do an episode on this the modern explanation for sleep paralysis is that well here's what it is i have it all the time it's horrible you kind of wake up in the middle of the night but you're paralyzed you cannot move your body but your mind is active and your eyes can see you're awake but your body's not awake and it's terrifying because first of all you feel paralyzed you cannot breathe um voluntarily it's involuntary breathing so you feel like you're suffocating And often it's accompanied by hallucinations. For me, it's hands poking at me and pinching. I feel it as if it were real. Some people see hallucinations. I've seen things too, but a lot of people see like a dark figure, a demon, an old hag sitting on their chest. I've seen a black cat before sitting on my chest. And so the sleep paralysis, the modern explanation is that your brain shuts off your muscle function while you sleep so you don't act out your dreams and hurt yourself. And then you somehow wake up before your muscles do and you're in this weird it's kind of semi-sleep state, hypnagogic uh, state, and that the hallucinations are just that, hallucinations. They're like your dreams continuing. Some people who've experienced it a lot, like me, wonder if there is not a supernatural element to it because it's so dang real. And so what, the, what uh, Espina would say, as well as medievalists, medieval demonologists would say that this is actually an incubus or a succubus attacking you. The incubi rape women during their sleep and impregnate them. Succubi do the same to men and become impregnated. They also, <laughs> this is weird, in the Malius Maleficarum and other writings, they argue that witches through succubi could steal men's penises and then use them as pets and grow them in little gardens. And just <laughs> That's just weird. Keep them as pets, yeah, so, ouch. Uh, yeah, so the incubi and the succubi, all right. And you might think, well, what if they do impregnate a woman? What becomes of that that child? Well, we're going to see in a moment here. For, but first, the uh, next category, according to um, according to es, uh, keep getting his name wrong, Espina, are demon armies. These these are commanded in hell by princes of demons. Princes are right under Satan. And they, uh, for example, I think Beelzebub is one of the princes of hell. And these can also wander the earth to do like great works for Satan, like big scale things, like influence nations, influence wars, start wars, kill soldiers, like big, big scale things, natural disasters even. And the greatest of conjurers could sometimes command these demons, could, could, could invoke them, command the legions, but at great peril to themselves because you know, trying to command and control one demon is hard enough, imagine a legion of them. Uh, so demon armies, all right? And this makes me wonder, like, why is this a category? Aren't all demons somehow a part of the demonic army? Why does this need to be its own category? Next, familiars. You may have heard of these. Familiars were usually animals, sometimes human form, that, who acted as companions and aids to witches. And um, they were actually, though, demons in disguise. They could change form. Sometimes the familiar demons appeared as humans as well, but more commonly as animals, the belief being that they could disguise themselves more. You know, if you're walking around with a human all day, people are going to start asking, who is that? If it's like a cat, you're just going to assume it's your pet, right? Uh, for, for, For good witches, meaning medicine women called cunning folk, who weren't like black magic practitioners, they had familiars too, but instead of demons, they were fairies, apparently. So witches' demonic familiars could do black magic to help the witches. They could run errands. They could poison people. They could do harm. Uh, They were demons, right? So they were at the witch's beck and call. Um, Some people believe that vampires have familiars too, like uh, human servants. If you've read Dracula by Bram Stoker, you know that Renfield was uh, kind of a familiar to to Dracula. Okay, next category, Druids. These are German demons. Now, Germanic peoples of the Middle Ages, including England, they were fascinated with things like fairies and goblins and kobolds and, and gnomes and things, little creatures, right? They really loved those things. And so uh, druids are German demons, which actually were like um, kind of like little creatures like this. So they, uh, it makes it interesting that a Spanish preacher would include German demons in his categorization. Keep that in mind because I think there's a reason for that, which we'll talk about in a moment. But druids basically cause nightmares and torment you at night. So how are they different from incubi and succubi? I don't really know. I guess they're not sex demons per se. They're tormenting demons. So they cause realistic nightmares. They also partake in the wild hunt. This is a uh, concept in ancient Germanic folklore about spirits and demons and gods uh, riding a hunt across the sky. I'll do an episode on that uh, by itself for fangs and folklore. It's very interesting. Um, How do you ward off a druid? The plural being so because it's Germanic. the druid's foot, it's a symbol, and I'll show you on the screen. Uh, in German, drudenfuss is a symbol used to ward them off. And these were used sometimes in houses and on coats of arms, on shields. It was, it was, it warded them off. It kept them away so they couldn't torment you in your sleep for nightmares. All right, so remember we said what happens to the children of incubi and succubi? They impregnate a human female or they draw seed from a human male and get pregnant themselves, a pregnant demon. That's kind of strange. They become cambions. Now, um, if you've studied Spanish, you know the verb cambiar, means to change. If you go to the airport, cambio, it's where you change your currency. So cambion is from the Latin meaning a change. These are basically changelings. These are the children of women who are impregnated by demons during their sleep. And so they become a, a cambion. Cambions, they're changelings, they're half demons, half human hybrids, basically. And a lot of this lore uh, would say that they're used a second time by demons and sometimes goblins to trade in for a human baby. So uh, the lore is that goblins, which are evil, by the way, not friendly, (laughs) they love human babies. They think they're beautiful. And so what the goblins would do, they would have a changeling. They would go steal the human baby from the crib, put the changeling in instead, and then make off with the human baby and have a beautiful human baby of their own, raise it as a goblin. The mother in the morning would go to the crib and the changeling kind of looked like her baby but she knew something was a little off here what's going on as it grew up it would be weird and it would be half goblin half demonic you know so that's a changeling those are the cambions uh that's one category of demon according to espion the next category liars and mischievous demons i thought all demons were liars right Jesus calls Satan the father of lies. Uh, all demons are supposedly liars. If you've ever, if you know anything about exorcism, one of the rules for an exorcist is don't listen to the demon. Also, the assistants do not listen to the demon. Uh, it's going to say things. It's, you think it's calling out your deepest sins and going to embarrass you. It's all lies. Demons are liars, so don't engage it in conversation. Uh, so liars and mischievous demons. These are minor demons, they're not major princes of hell, that cause trouble like angry, angry toddlers, basically. They trick, they deceive, they do tricky things around your house, make you lose your keys, uh, throw things around, uh, mess up your relationships with other humans through lies and so forth, rumors, things like that. You know that, if, you've, if you're a Fangs and Folklore fan, you know that I believe that poltergeists are not actually ghosts but demons, pretending to be ghosts. And so uh, I wonder if those are not the. This category would not apply to poltergeists, also liars, and mischievous demons. Um, two more categories. Next one: rogue demons. These are demons who specifically torment saints. Saints, meaning those people who are canonized by the Catholic Church, as be, having especially holy lives, performing miracles, so forth. I think these demons are called rogue because they have one specific. Purpose, that's almost like a losing battle, you know, like they're fighting a losing battle. Saints are saints specifically because of their great piety and their ability to resist demons. So the demons, the rogue demons, they try to tempt the saints, but the saints don't give in a temptation. They're saints. So they torment them. They make them miserable as much as they can. Rogue demons. Finally, the last kind of demon is a Sabbath demon. Now, remember the uh, the Sabbath day in the Old Testament, and I'm talking a lot about the, the Bible because these this is Christian-based demons, but we're also gonna talk about Jewish demons uh, and Islamic demons and Hindu demons and some others in this series. So Sabbath demons, in the Bible, the Sabbath was from sundown Friday to sundown Saturday, still celebrated by Orthodox Jews where they were not supposed to work, right? Uh, the witches and the devil would have a black sabbath to mock the sabbath it would take place at night they'd go and have like an orgy and sacrifice babies supposedly things like this sabbath demons are demons whose main purpose is to get old women and witches or old witches to attend the black sabbath the witches' sabbath they do this through promises of sex and power and they would deliver also they'd give the women magical powers to do what they want in their lives they would have they would give them sexual promiscuity during the, uh, the Sabbath. So these are Sabbath demons, specifically their, their role is to get women to fly to the Sabbath. Those are Espina's classifications. So we have, uh, just a quick recount, we have demons of fate, incubi-succubi, demon armies, familiars, druids, cambions, liars and mischievous demons, rogue demons and Sabbath demons. This classification doesn't seem to follow any kind of consistency, like at least in last, last time we talked about the, the demons, the seven demons that represent the seven deadly sins. There's some order and logic in that. This is totally chaotic. Why these categories? Uh, first of all, because it's a medieval mindset and medieval minds were just different, they, they looked at things differently. They had different reasons for categorizing things than we do today. But, uh, you know, we tend to do it, try to, try to be it objectively, scientifically. Uh, they didn't always necessarily do that. But these demons, Espina's demons, draw from demonic tradition in different areas, Germanic, Western European, Northern European, some Irish. So anyway, it draws from different areas and cultures. For many reasons, or for this reason rather, many scholars believe that his, class, his classification is actually like a compendium of his various travels, of his de- various demonic folktales he heard traveling around preaching the gospel, and so instead of so much as a classification, although he did say it was a classification, it's really like a, uh, like you know the Grimm Brothers collected all the folktales they heard into one work, something like that, where he collected all the, the demons that he heard about in different areas and put them into one uh, work, which is the category of demons. If that's true, it offers this interesting insight into how people in Western Europe in the Middle Ages thought about demons, how different their ideas could be, right? So you have like the, um, the let's say the French demons, uh, an incubus coming during the, your sleep and, um, you know, and uh, impregnating you, or the, and then you have like the German demons, these little goblin-like creatures. They're just very different, aren't they? It shows that among the people of the land also in the Middle Ages, like peasants, farmers, belief in demons and evil spirits was very common. And note how many of these demons influenced lives and gave bad luck and, and controlled your fate. And I think there's a reason for that. Let's go a little deeper. In the Middle Ages, the average person had little control over his or her life, meaning little social mo- mobility. There was some social mobility in the Middle Ages, especially when people started moving to cities, people became merchants. But, but aside from that and before that, the average serf, the average peasant, the average serf, you know, they didn't they, that's what they did they were farmers they were attached to the land they farmed that was it There was no hope of ever rising up and doing anything else so they really didn't have much control over their fate did they they were also controlled by kings and rulers who had very great license because they were supposedly appointed by god so if they wanted to kill you they killed you no one batted an eye right so they controlled your life so for the average medieval person the common man the common woman You know, they didn't have control over their lives. It's easy to see why they would believe that demons control their fate, because they they sure thought, I'm not controlling it. Someone is. Um, Yeah. So the idea of demons controlling fate seems logical, especially since the church itself was a forced, you know, an important part of everyone's lives. Naturally, they're going to blame demons because that's from the church's point of view. So I thought that was very interesting. Thanks for watching. Next time, we're going to go a little bit more into these Christian demons, and then we're going to continue into Jewish, Islamic demons, uh, Hindu demons, and others. And uh, and so I think this is an interesting series. Um, one thing I wanted to mention is that uh, I'm curious to know whether you, the, the viewers and listeners, believe in demons. Do you believe in evil spirits? Do you think it's just like a reason to explain bad things in life that that people in the Middle Ages didn't understand scientifically yet. What do you think? I'd love to hear from you. Uh, Here at YouTube you can leave your comments or you can email me at matthew.miller.writer at gmail.com matthew.miller.writer at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you and see what you think. So tonight when you wake up and you see that shirt on the chair in the corner and it looks a little bit too much like a human form, is it a demon? Is it just a shirt? Is it gonna rise up and steal your soul while you sleep? Be careful. Thanks for watching and as always, sleep well if you can.